Welcome back to Axe Wednesdays. Why join the Navy when you can be a pirate? And we're turning back the clock for this one. How we are. We are talking about Delta Blues. And I know uh, just two Australians talking about a, a genre from across the world, but we are turning it back to, I don't know, when did this begin, the Delta Blues, would you say? Apparently, we're going back to 1873. 1873. That seems like a bit of a skip. To me, a Delta Blues oh, it sort of started in the 20s, really took off and cemented itself within the 50s. But then, I mean, like, there's still artists who are being recorded and released now that are as prominent as ever. I should clarify, that's like the birth date of a guy called W.C. Handy, known as the father of the blues. And um, this this is a popular story. I feel like we've come across it every time you search the Delta Blues. Um, And he recalls waiting at a tutuila in 1903 when he heard a peculiar tune picked out on the guitar. The player was using a knife to slide across the strings and mimic the wailing, sad tones of human voices as he howled about. That sounds like the Delta Blues. That does sound like the Delta Blues. Is this when it was first heard or the man <clears throat> the man beginning? This is the earliest form of it being used. So for those who don't know, the Mississippi Delta is a fertile plain that runs uh, between the Mississippi and the Yazoo Rivers. And within this area, this is where the sound originated from. And that's why they called it the Delta Blues. And the Delta Blues is commonly like... Obviously, you probably will know the harmonica, but the way they play it isn't like normal guitar playing um, abilities. They play it usually like uh, with a knife or something in their hands as opposed to plucking it with their hands. The Delta Blues is just blues from an area. Delta Blues you know, typically a sort of a swampier tile, a heavier, a grittier. You know, most of the instruments were played by very, 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 very poor farmers, workers. So the instruments are normally pretty bad quality. The amps they're using were pretty beat up. That's why I took on this sort of thickness uh, and I guess, you know, grittiness that you wouldn't normally find in, you know, regular music because, and quite often these guys had never, they never had lessons, so they're all self-taught. So they're picking up guitars out of tune and picking a song out on out of tune guitars or out of tune instruments and then playing it, you know, you know, odd, odd tuning formats to get that shuffle and that howl that you'll hear, you know, the, the, as, as it's sort of commonly referred to as the Womper Bomper. Okay, let's talk about the mid tw- the mid twenties now. The Duke Jones, the Fish Fries. Um, this is where the, you'd hear the sounds. Yeah, you would. Yeah, and that's by the sounds. We mean like the sounds characterize, and we'll play it for you, and we'll go into the stories of who we've chosen, and there's some really cool stories and all that. Um, but the sounds characterized by like repeated guitar riffs, hard rending vocals, and uh, twelve bar circular progressions. And if you're a muser, you probably uh, understand that. If you're not, just fast forward for like six minutes in the podcast and you can hear it for yourself um but the most important recording artists of the time played finger-picked acoustic guitar and slide guitar pretty much yeah that was the, that was sort of the main one so delta blues as we sort of said it's normally played on on cheaper instruments but you also sort of the rise of like um a, a tinier noise so slides as you said butter knives jars glass bottles all these extra sort of implementations that they were using to to in- get that sound, that slide, <coughs> and the Delta, essentially the Delta flavor to what is traditionally a blues, like a walking blues, as you said, 12-bar loop. Yeah, and I want to go into a few people specifically, just like the, just some origin stories, like just outside Clarksdale at the Will Dockery Plantation, there was a worker named uh, Henry Sloan who earned like reputation as being like this stylish performer and the, a blues man which spread across the Delta. Um, and 
you may have heard of Sunhouse. They all lived at the Dockery and on and off the West Sunhouse, Robert Johns, uh, all these people they used to uh, play together with. Yeah, so I guess if you go from the top of recording blues artists and, and some of the namesakes of the genre, you definitely arrive at names like Muddy Waters. Robert Johnson is probably uh, definitely from the late 20s, early 30s as a recording artist, whilst he only put out, I believe, it was sort of one or two albums um, in his very short musical career at at the time when he bust onto the scene in his late 20s and then he obviously tragically died or mysteriously died. There's a good, there's actually a really good documentary on Netflix um, about Robert Johnson. I forget the title, but it sort of goes on the mystery around him selling his soul at the crossroads of a guitar. And, you know, it's a story we've told before and, and, and you've heard and it's obviously retold through through blues music, um, which, which obviously tends to... <laughs> there's a quote by a, a, another recording artist, T-Model Ford, saying... I play the booze, but I ain't never had no blues. That's pretty good. <laughs> so obviously strongly referencing that um, typically, you know, the stories told are that of oppression or sadness, um, you know, grieving for someone lost, you know, losing losing something. I got no money, got no liquor, had to work, got no food, got no woman, got no time. That's normally a really a, a pretty big theme across a lot of the Delta bluesmen. And that sort of made up a lot of this sort of improvised yeah jamming that, that that they would then talk over um but robert johnson sort of personified himself in the genre or in blues and music itself for um i guess heroing the guitar and and licks and fills and the stuff that you hear in some of the bigger names like buddy guy where they put in you know accents like they might play the the 12 by loop but they're throwing in all the extra bits and and bringing a melody strongly into the into the song style Another early name sort of of that genre as well is another one is Lightning Hopkins, and he's sort of forgotten. He was normally a pretty quick guitar player, would play up and down the blues rapidly. Yeah, and the thing also about this time, like, if you're going to just go back to the 1920s and 1930s, the major recording labels weren't recording this music. This was... No, so a lot of this was independent. Yeah, so a lot of these musicians only became infamous later in life, and a lot of these Delta musicians either died at an early age or drifted into obscurity. It wasn't until, like you said, like the 1960s and the... British blues invasion that many of the Delta artists achieved that recognition that they deserved when people can actually hear the music in a widespread uh, audience. Well, that's exactly right. I mean, you listen to people like the Stones, even U2 as well, early U2, but the Stones particularly were heavily influenced by the Deltas um, and they would go down, you know, their stories of uh, their manager taking them down as a very young band, deep into the Deltas to visit a lot of these Duke joints and see and perform. There's a, there's a couple of videos on YouTube. I think he plays... The, the Stones get up with Muddy Waters to do cover of Manish Boy. Um, they all jump up, like Keith, Ronnie Wood, uh, Mick Jagger. Like, Jagger obviously sings and does a bit of harmonica. Um, Mick jumps on the guitar, Ronnie jumps on the guitar, and they all sort of play away and invites them up. And that was sort of very much um, the lifestyle of a lot of these Duke joints. There was, there's a man who I'll play for you, and I've mentioned on a podcast previously, but um, probably my favorite man of this genre is Junior Kimbrough. He famously owned this Duke joint that um, tragi- tragically one day burnt down. But every Sunday, um, the club was held at Junior's Duke joint in Chulahoma, Mississippi. Um, and there was, and sort of the essence of the place was that the first thing you would read it when you got to the door for the rules and regu- regulations was if you can't read this, get some assistance to help you read this. And that was sort of the, at the, the very top of the note for the rules and regulations posted on the door of Junior's place, Junior Kimbrough's Duke joint. Um, and that message sort of, in in a modified form, could kind of accompany his music as well. He was definitely an acquired blues taste. He would, he'd never play covers whilst he learnt the guitar. He never had lessons. 
he never really listened to music. The first music he heard was his own music. Muddy Waters is also a bit of a similar. Like these artists are pure magicians. Like they weren't influenced by any other sounds, but what was around them. Um, like, do you know why Muddy Waters is called Muddy Waters, by the way? For the color of the Mississippi. Yeah, uh, somewhat related. When Muddy Waters uh, was big enough to crawl around, he would literally just play in the mud and try to eat it. And his uh, grandmother bestowed him muddy that <laughs> celebrated his fondness for mud. And later his playmates uh, added the waters. Um, but even his earliest musical experiments came from the earth. Like when he was around three years old, he, um, people were saying like, you can play a sound, like he hears a sound and he'd try to replicate it. Like he'd take a stick and bed it on the ground trying to get a new sound and he'd be humming even as a little baby to singing along. So the genius was already there. And then I'll play some songs of his record later. Um, uh, Hoochie Coochie Man. Actually, it's pretty infamous. You probably will already know. But uh, yeah, he's just one of a plethora of incredible artists that comes from this region in the Mississippi. Yeah, it is a very thick region. Um, and another sort of, I guess, interesting story to be told out of there is is um, that of the Fat Possum record label um, and sort of how they started and some of the artists that they ended up getting on their record. But ultimately sort of started um, trying to capture the or, or record and put to tape the last of, of, of the Mississippi Hillsmen. Um, so some of their biggest escorts, obviously Junior Kimbrough, um, who only recorded later in life as well, but have been playing for years. It was sort of the royalty in, in the scene. R.L. Burnside is a massive um, exporter. There's T-Model Ford as well. Um, and he's... <coughs> T-Model Ford, obviously. And, and what you don't understand is a lot of these men have sort of and musicians have afflictions like they're either blind or um in in team models case he has polio so the way he has to play guitar he sort of plays it you know one-handed and bends a knife over the over the neck to try and crimp the chords and play the strings so they're they're adaptive musicians continually trying to play and never really putting down the guitar but quite often their, their stories of how they got into into music itself was they heard some songs on the radio they couldn't afford a radio but they had a guitar so they learned how to play those songs and then obviously through learning, became musicians in themselves. And exactly. And we should give some context to what blues is, I guess. I think we've done blues rock before and you can go back and listen to this. But even before blues rock, this is just, would you call this pure blues? No, like, yes and no. I mean, to this me, is it's pure what, delta blues. This is, yeah, this is pure delta blues. This is what I grew up on. Like a lot of this music was what I, I had playing at home. And, and I, I love the delta blues. It's probably my all time, uh, well, definitely my favorite blues. Nearly my favorite genre. It's probably what I listen to the most. Yeah, but this definitely, like, we've been saying this before, it influenced such big um, bands around the world from a small region in the Mississippi. I, well, I'd say the Delta is probably the birth of hard rock and roll. Yeah, well, that's what I was getting at. Like, when you have people like Eric Clapton and, and the Rolling Stones saying, this is, we owe everything to them because this is their sound and we just, have, like, adapted it to the mainstream Yeah, to world. a white, white like, listener base, yeah. That's, they just made it into rock, but... It was already there. Yeah, it was already there. It was already being danced to. It was already sort of, you know, getting a whole crowd moving. Like, uh, the musicians were as passionate about it as, as, you know, as people like the Stones are as passionate about their own music, you know. The genre existed. It was obviously only just discovered late. A lot of these musicians, as you said, would just disappear into the ether because they were, you know, they were farmers. They weren't, they were, they were playing at home or playing on the street, playing for fun, playing at jute joints. Or they were captured and recorded later in life when they sort of already had a, you know, massive musical you know musical upbringing is there anyone else uh who, who else are you playing louis i got a whole stack i mean I just, I just reefed every single record out of um out of my collection that sort of had any any mississippi hillsman on it but junior kimbrough is definitely going to play off his um his album you better run 
Uh, there's some great tracks on here. Uh, probably some of my favourite is either All Night Long or Meet Me in the City as well. It's sort of a beautiful... Um, Meet Me in the City is probably one of his favourites. Uh, Sad Days, Lonely Nights as well is another big one. He sort of plays... He, he's, he establishes like a one-chord rhythm um, and then builds his song from there. So he sort of sits in this in this single-chord zone where he can freely improvise, um, sing, etc. Uh, so a lot of his songs have, have this really fun tempo and it's nearly sort of uh <laughs> blues dance music it's it sounds strange to say but that's uh that's kind of what i'll dub it another another famous artist and one of my all-time favorites i've loved him since i was a kid dad's got a my dad's got a he would quite often play on the weekend a, a music dvd where he plays a lot of his big songs is john lee hooker for those of you who don't know him but you'll probably know his tune boom boom or uh sure thing um, but he's got some fantastic tracks and and, and re- he's got a massive amount of recorded material. Um, put a lot of songs out sort of post the Mississippi Floods. There's a beautiful one called um, Raining in Tupelo. I'd encourage you to go and listen to that. And another big song by him is Boogie Chillum. Again, sort of very groove-based. Um, also, don't have any Robert Johnson or Skip James. I'm going to play a track by written by Skip James but, but, but performed by, uh, by another. Um, and it was sort of made famous or to me it was brought to my attention in the movie oh brother we're out there and that's hard time killing floor blues um in this case <coughs> performed by chris thomas king um and it sort of loosely tells the story of robert johnson another one of my all-time favorite artists buddy guy and i'll play him um and his accompaniment with junior wells they're sort of an iconic duo early in their blues careers and then also rl burnside who's a modern recording artist and sort of um a bit of a gateway musician of his time in you know in the 90s to get younger people into his gen- into into his genre so there's this album that he's got uh called a brother mind a, a brothered mind a bothered mind by rl burnside and it's sort of like remixed a little bit and sort of produced to try and drag in a newer audience so it's, it's quite interesting it's not it's not pure delta blues but he's a pure delta blues artist and then i might try and squeeze in some lightning lightning hopkins if we've got time yeah and i'm also gonna play a guy called sunny terry um and i want to tell you a little story about him so he was born in 1911 um his father was a farmer and he got taught how to play the basic blues um harp as a youth but he sustained some injuries to his eyes and by the time he was 16 he was actually blind so he actually couldn't do farm work anymore um and so he took this i guess opportunity to play music in order to earn a living and that's uh what we'll uh play for you uh some sunny terry nice all right should we yeah, so sit back and enjoy. A lot of these artists were playing for you in the Blues Hall of Fame, if not all of them. Um, and definitely in the, the Blues Hall I of Fame, the Rock yeah, and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah, definitely in my Rock and Roll, or oh, sorry, Blues Hall of Fame. And all our others as well. So uh, we'll see you next week. See you then. Enjoy. Bye. The gypsy woman told my mother Before I was born You got a boy child coming Gonna be a son of a gun He gonna make pretty women's Jump and shout Then the world wanna know What this all about But you know I'm here
black cat bone I got a mojo too I got the John the Conqueror I'm gonna mess with you I'm gonna make you girls Leave me by my hand Then the world will know I'm that I had plenty of friends. I had 
any friend. Now I don't have a dime. I ain't got a dime. Like a road without an end. Like a road without an end. But that's all right. I don't worry. Cause that will be a better year. My burden so heavy. My burden so heavy. I don't try to see. I can't hardly see. Well, mother tell I seem like everybody. Down on me. All the down on me. But that's all right. And I don't worry. Cause that will be a better One night I was laying down. I heard Mama and Papa talking. I heard Papa tell Mama, let that boy boogie boogie. It's in him, and he got to come out. And I felt so good. Went on boogie just the same.
gotta hurry, Spider. You know we gotta get back. They having a dance tonight over there. They call that little chicken shack. Well, you're gonna meet me there. All right, walk along and and tell me when you know we near about there. She's a good little girl. She knows all about the boogie. That's a new boogie and a new style. Let's rest a while. All right. Come on, brother Joe. She said this thing is getting good. Now we gonna boogie some more. Stop now, baby, cause I know that ain't right. Let's look at what's about Wake a while. 
getting sick and tired of the way you do. Good kind papa's gonna pardon you. Sprinkle goober dust all around your bed. Wake up one morning, find your own self dead. She said, you shouldn't say that. I said, now what should I say to make you mad this time, baby? She said, um, I don't know. woman I love, she's got dimples in her jaws, the clothes she wear has made out of the best of clothes, she can take and wash them and hang them outside the wall, throw them out the window right and catch them a little bit before they fall, sometimes I think she has a happy song, she said you shouldn't say that, I said now what should I say to make you mad this time? She said, um, I don't know, my woman. I don't know what my baby's putting down. Sit down and cry. So you're too young a man's son. The hell of many women you got. I looked at my mother, dear. I didn't even crack a smile. I said, if the women kill me, I don't mind dying. The woman I love, I won a week before last. The woman I love has run out of class. Thought I won your baby a long time ago. You don't watch your step, gonna have to let you go. She say you shouldn't say that. I said, now what should I say to make you mad this time, baby? She said, mm, I don't know.